Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, continue play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Episode 44, I believe, at this point. Yep. yep. So one away from 45, which... which is what, midlife crisis? I might Over edit that because I think that's the third time in a row you've made that joke. <laughs> Of every episode from 42 forward. No, it's, it's over the hill. Oh, we're over the hill now. Oh, okay. okay. No, yeah. over the hill's 50. Is it now? I thought I over thought the hill's 50. 50. Yeah, I thought oh, I thought 50. 40 was over the hill. Better to be over the hill 50. and buried under it. Well, I think lifespans are longer. Yeah. Yeah. Not right now in Wati, though. No, 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 no they're shorter. Is, Actually, you know, you come back after you die. So. I was, I was going to say, do, are we adding additional <laughs> Your unlifespan is pretty decent here, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, you guys have been doing pretty good at shortening people's unlifespans as well. Yeah. Uh, when last we had left our heroes, they had uh, made their way out into the city of Wati to go and try to calm the local populace. We, we uh, fought some psychopomps. Yeah, you fought a couple of psychopomps that were, they weren't necessarily attacking a woman uh, so much as just happened to be running her over in their process of trying to kill other dead. I was going to say, they're very much the uh, in-justify-the-means type of psychopomps, so we had to put them down. Yeah, they're just really angry dogs that don't realize that they're hurting Well, I mean, yeah, but they they told us to, like, not interfere with them, so, like, they were smart enough, but I guess I was able to convince them to not. not interfere. Well, I don't even think they realized that the lady was there. They were just, like, feasting on the undead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you get the, um, what's the term for it? There's, like, a term in combat where, like, you stop seeing, like, anything but enemies. Was it just bloodlust? I don't know. Well, I mean, bloodlust is part of it. Blood haze, I've heard the term used Blood before. Blood haze, I think, but... yeah, I think that's what it's called. But yeah, you just you just see enemies. You don't see in, uh, innocent people anymore. We yeah. saved her, though. Yeah, and after that, you had found some local ruffians. We should have arrested those jerks, but whatever. You know what? <laughs> I still think we did the right thing. D- dividing the party between whether or not <laughs> you needed weird. to scare them straight or appeal to their better natures. And somehow we pulled that off, even though we sent some very mixed messages. <laughs> well, we didn't you, get them to ultimately come and help. Yes. We just got them to stop. You halfway we pulled We could have recruited off. them. They needed to be arrested. You think everyone needs to be hard. arrested. <laughs> You're walking into a place with Judge Dredd over here. It was weird <laughs> because Sagira and Onuris agreed on something. It's true. It was a bonding yep. moment for the it two of odd. them. It was odd. And really, really out of character. Yes, very out of character for the cleric and the ranger to set aside their lawful and chaotic differences and, meet and come together it. on their urge to beat down these fools. I didn't want to beat them down. <laughs> I just wanted to arrest them. I anyway. wanted them to be punished, and I was down with the arresting because that seemed like an okay punishment. It's still too. so illogical, though. It's like, oh, we're willing to let this other guy go because he gave us information, but we're not willing to let these people go, even though they could help us in the city. Well, we can, de- we can delve more into Deep detail dive. on this on the upcoming after party. You had then continued your exploration, searched around the city a little bit, checked to see how things were going with the collapsing of the tunnels, kind of got an idea of the city seems to be coming back out. What are you actually sitting at right now for your panic level? Nine. So you've gotten the city back down to the point where you can buy things easily. Single digits. Back down into the single digits. Is it still inflated? I think there's still inflation. I think there's like a 10% inflation or something. It's not that bad now. It's still not that bad. I think it wasn't already inflated from all the adventurers coming in anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like normal levels of inflation. And you can still push it down maybe further. Regardless, though, once the sun had set, about an hour after sunset, as all of you were making your way back in the direction of the Tooth and Hookah or the Temple of Bass or the main temple, I think you'd all wanted to return at some point to go and speak with Septi the Crocodile pertaining towards the Psychopomps. There had been a second pulse of energy that had rolled through. Not one as powerful as the previous one, because Onuris staggered with it, but didn't black out. Yeah, didn't have an out-of-body out of experience. Yeah, yeah twinsies. Hey. Yeah, but the uh, the other thing we uh, need to do now is definitely go talk to Shepus and be like, hey, Shepus, it came from inside of the necropolis. We need to get in there. I just hope he doesn't get on it like a hero power trip. Like, oh, well, I'm going to oh, take care it of it. Myself. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, can. We asked yeah. him to take care of it, and he hasn't done that yet, so obviously... Well, the problem is is that, honestly, he's probably doing the best he can with what he's got, which is to try to keep everything contained inside of the necropolis, so I'm, I'm not entirely, like, saying he's doing the wrong thing, but, yeah, he needs, like, you know, the SWAT team or, you know, yeah. the strike force to go in and go behind enemy lines and, and get that settled, so maybe that's something we can help with. You but, quickly nice. helped Onuris recover, but before all of you could, however, run off in the direction of the temple... You had heard, however, a massive horn blowing from the direction of the gate, of which Sudi easily identified as being the war horns used by the voices of the spire. And we were running toward the gate because yeah. we were like, oh no, Rohan, all hands on deck. Rohan calls for aid. And that is where we're going to start things off. We run. 
We see who's done their fitness. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all above we all average have. fitness because don't we all have a constitution above ten? What's the rule? Cardio. Where's cardio? Uh, yeah, what tells r- us how our is that cardio? Rule be? number two or one in Zombieland? I can't Probably remember constitution. One or two. I think I need to go rewatch that movie because that movie was golden. Okay, carry on. So, bolting through the city streets. Like Usain. Yes. <laughs> what is going on? Like Usain Bolt. Yes. Oh man. In short burst. I think. In short burst. Anyway. Obviously, being outpaced by Isra, if Isra wanted to outpace you, being more outpaced by the Peregrine Falcon, which is the fastest animal in the world. Yeah. Well, it's not a race. It's not a race. <laughs> it, it, no, it's not a it's race. It's not a race. Yeah. We're going to send back. the animal companions ahead, and then we'll back clean up with whatever is left. Well, we just uh, hope that they have a good detection <laughs> of friend and foe. Yeah. I mean, they're swollen all, but... <laughs> oh, come on, your animal companion gets your favorite enemy bonuses. You're good. That's true. That's so great. But tearing through the city streets, closing, I imagine by this point, Citra's already lit her lamp since night has already fallen and you've been navigating. Right. I don't know if any of the rest of you have. I think Sudi's got like an ever-burning torch. but Yeah, I've got an ever-burning torch, so, so I could easily pull that out. On yours, probably already cast the light spell. I just run with Citra. I know, I see in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your slowest movement speed in the party? I'm 30. I'm 40, so it's not me. 30. 30. 30? 30. 30. Uh, so 30. Team 30. Woohoo! So we run. Sudi takes it at a leisurely jog, the rest of you. You and, so, you and Isra are both like, do-do-do. Yeah, I, I generally assume that, like, 40 is his sprint speed. So, like, yeah. he probably can, you know, probably at distance wouldn't be able to do that. For and her, it circles overhead and watches down curiously with his one good eye. You make your way pounding across the flagstones until you can reach closer towards the entrance into the necropolis. You, of course, have been here. A bunch. Well, not quite a half dozen times, but a number of times in the recent, the past week to make your way into the necropolis. The crowds of protesters that you had seen here last are gone, fortunately. In fact, it's, it's disturbing running through the streets as you close, as you begin to pass through the evacuated sections closest to the walls, where just empty black windows stare out from the surrounding buildings, like empty eye sockets. And you can occasionally see signs where people were here, items from their own works like carts set off to the side, and even the occasional child's wooden toy just left out in the street as you go passing by. As you round the corner, the chanting that you'd heard the previous time that you'd passed here continues, although now it's drowned out by the shouts of battle. Rounding the corner, you can see what honestly looks to be the remains of mayhem. It's taken you the better part of about five minutes to, to get from where you'd started down the almost six blocks to reach here, navigating through the twisted alleyways of the compact buildings closest to the necropolis. Bodies lay strewn everywhere. A vast majority of these appear to be those of the dead. The gate has been rent open. Oh no. uh, Ripped aside down towards the lowest portions of it, and from there you can tell that the undead simply pushed through as part of the wall collapsed on either side of the gate. You can still see lines of men atop the walls overlooking, firing off their crossbows down onto the opposite side, although they seem to be, it's not firing at randoms or the firing that you'd expect of them shooting into a mass horde where you're just shooting and knowing it's going to hit something if you just pull the trigger. They seem to be taking their time, aiming their shots, and then firing and moving from there. As you close closer, you can see that the bodies that have fallen here, you can see one or two dressed in the town guard uh, and one individual dressed in the purple livery of the Church of Phrasma. A priest, judging by this, not one of the voices of the spire who primarily wear red. Three priests stand in the open gateway. All of them have their heads lowered, their hands upraised, holding their holy symbols as they would chant and intone, praying deeply. Beyond the three of them, you can see into the courtyard just on the opposite side of the entryway. You can see Phrasma's Needle, the obelisk that stands just on the other side of the interior gate. And then past that, surrounding Phrasma's Needle, you can see numerous other dead bodies. At the moment, you think you've probably seen close to a hundred of the dead just strewn about here from where they made their initial push and then seem to have been pushed back. Because further from that, you can see that the voices of the spire have set up Maybe lines inside of the necropolis blocking off streets. Any of those of you who have spellcraft may roll it. Everybody looks at Onuris. Yep. 22. As the four of you, six of you if you count the animals, <laughs> close on the gate. Onuris, you can tell that the two people on either side, the two priests, seem to be chanting and focus on the collapsed portions of the wall. And the one in the center is chanting, laying a hand forward onto the gate. They all seem to be casting Make Whole. You'd be well aware that that has a nearly 10-minute casting time. 
Let's go help them keep this open then. On the other side, between these three figures, just on the other side, you can see a single priestess and what appear to be a half dozen of the city guard. The priestess' holy symbol glows with a brilliant white light. And each of the guardsmen seem to watch nervously back in the direction of the city primarily and then periodically anxiously and almost that one step away from just taking their hand and going, hurry up, hurry up, waving their hand for the priests to finish their casting. I imagine Sakira's taking point ducking underneath the rent remains of this gate and stepping back into the city of the dead, knowing now how much more dangerous this is than any time that she stepped here previously. Yep. Pulling some weapons. Helping to hold the line. The priestess... Just on the other side of the gate, the one that isn't spellcasting looks back towards all of you. First in surprise as if she's about to hold up a hand to stop all of you from entering before seemingly recognizing at the very least Onuris and seemingly Citra. Do I recognize her? Onuris and Citra, both of you could recognize her as you actually only saw her a couple of days ago as Belle, who was the priestess that aided you when you went to the temple oh, uh, yeah. when you'd split up from, from Sagira and Sudi and made your way to the temple to speak and... She was the one that examined the two of you, although it was a separate priest that actually cast the spell to help with your diseases. Because everyone was sick. I think everyone yeah. may be as sick again. I don't know. Not I'm yet. Not, um, I, I don't, I'm not right I don't now. have anything written down. Give it till so... the end of the episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Sickness will happen. Yes, something's going to happen. Sudi, you think you recognize her? In one of those, like, hey, you just kind of nod and ask them how they're doing at the coffee cooler up at the temple. Not really. Coffee, <laughs> coffee cooler. cooler. Both. Yes. Okay. Uh, it dispenses iced coffee. Ice coffee. They're, they're all, well, no, no. They're all about the cold brew here. Yeah, it's all it's, cold it's brew. It's always so hot. It's all cold brew coffee. It's all cold brew. Mm-hmm. They've just gotten in one of those giant water jugs. Delicious. Yes, with an ice machine nearby in the desert. No, that's with a single wizard casting yeah. uh, Ray of Frost all the time. Yeah. It's like the one a- acolyte that's just like, uh. I'm pretty sure a wizard can make a killing with a business where all he does is cast Ray of Frost on just, buckets like, of like water snow- and make ice. Yeah, make ice or you know, <laughs> snow cones and stuff like that. That's my next entrepreneur wizard. Mm-hmm. The woman stands at just a little bit over five feet. She has shortcut black hair which is longer in the back, but cut straight across, across her bangs in the front, wearing simple studded leather armor and carrying a shield emblazoned with the holy symbol of Phrasma and has her particularly heavy looking mace. She looks over all of you curiously as you enter. On yours, what, what are you doing? We're here to help. Need a hand. Yes, yes. Uh, the voices have pushed forward into the surrounding streets, but I've been assigned here to, to guard. Uh, How long have they been casting? With your previous spellcraft check, you can determine you think that there may be seven or eight minutes through their casting. You think you only need to hold it for a little bit longer. The priestess has a horn down on her hip. Sudi, knowing as you are a trained member of the Voice of the Spire, this is a contingency. If the gate should fall, it is up to the priests to hold out here to safeguard this place, the Voice of the Spire to press back. And then two sharp blows from the horn should signal the retreat back through the gate, which should happen probably no more than another minute or two from now if they're that close to completing this so that they can get back out on the other side of the gate, resecure the walls, seal the gate back, and then continue the fight from the undead there. Fortunately, you do find yourself, of course, in view of the Phrasma's Needle, which you think is sacred. It might be magical. Kind of thing? I don't know. If, if you can help me secure here, that would, that would be great. Of course. We're uh, on it. All of you can make a sense motive check if you so wish. She's planning on killing you. Is she <laughs> in on it? She's <laughs> freaking out, probably. 15 for Sigurd. Uh, first nat one of the day for a seven. Sister gets a 20. On yours gets a 21. 20, 21. All right. You can tell that she seems to be resolved. This is what she's been trained for, despite the fact that, as you previously determined, she is a priestess of the life side of Phrasma, mm-hmm. not the death side of Phrasma, which are rare in Osirian, but still. Oh, well, somebody's uh, got to deliver babies. However, the s- six guardsmen here are horrified. You can tell that they've already dealt with some stuff that they had no intention of dealing with before. Some of them are still scraped or injured or bitten from their previous battles against the zombies. Um, and most of them just shakily hold their crossbows and like dart their eyes towards every corner surrounding them. Great. We'll help you hold the line. Good, good. Thank you. Um, I, I guess, uh, fan out. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of smile at her. We I know guess, what to do. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess we'll, uh, 
step forward ahead of them. I figure it has a cool sword flip thingy. All of you go ahead sure. and make me a perception roll. <laughs> oh, I perceive nothing. I get a 12. Uh, Suda gets a 27. You get a 14. Onuris also gets a 12. Oh, wait, I'm in a city. I get a 14. <laughs> 14, 27, 12. Does the 14. cat need to make a roll? 14. Yes, and the animal oh. companions as well. Uh, yeah, she gets an 11. But she does have scent, if that helps. Okay. On her, it gets a 22. Like Assassin's Creed this and be like, oh, there's our target. <laughs> yeah, can you do that? That's a trick I want him to learn. Why don't you go on? Well, I mean, if you can teach him to, well, once he's able to speak to you, he could scout about and come back and explain things to Just you. Just give me a few more levels. Except if you ask him for any distances, he doesn't know because he's only got one eye. Yeah. Seven birds. He, he cannot do the eagle eye thing because he is a falcon. <laughs> uh, oh. Although technically the sound bite for that isn't an eagle either. They're, so. they're all raptors. Anyway. Kick off. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. The the four of you fan out, eyeing the surrounding alleyways, the surrounding streets warily uh, as the guards stand nearby. You can tell that the guards seem to be, at the very least, reassured with all of your presence here. Because at first it was, okay, well, we've got this one priestess here to help us, and uh, I think we're going to be okay. And then suddenly it's this ranger steps forward and whips out these obviously magical weapons, and then her giant buff cat strides <laughs> up. And this guy voices the spire like professionally trained monk who just kind of sits there. And I imagine he just calmly meditates and watches the surroundings, closes his eyes as his ears pivot, listening for the approaching danger. And then this this well-trained, roguish character slinks into the nearby shadows and watches with her keen eyes, despite her poor rolling, uh, into the surrounding streets with, again, magical weapons in hand. And then this second priest, they've doubled the number of priests here, and he seems slightly better equipped, steps forward, despite the... Are you, no, no, you replaced your armor of Seren, right? Yeah, so. I'm wearing mithril breastplate now. And then overhead, there's like, oh, and the falcons come. He'll save us. <laughs> That has to be a good omen. Single-handedly. As you watch the surrounding streets, you can see the battles going on further away. The voices have pushed back the dead, you'd say blocks, in some places. In some cases, just through the channeled energy. In some cases, seemingly using their channels, as many of the Phrasmans are capable of doing, to actually turn the undead. Mm. To cause them to flee back away from them, to buy time to push back. Further just down the main path where the undead are at their thickest push, you can see the highest ranking of the voice of the spire. And you think even for a couple of moments, Niket Shepis, where he's wading into the battle further ahead as the man is tall and resplendent in his his armor as he stands atop a pile of the undead, continuing to smash his way through the street. You periodically see a figure appear, what seems to be a tall, gaunt, near-skeletal figure, wielding a massive scythe with a masked face of what appears to be some sort of vulture or crow as it would seem to pop into existence, cleaving through the dead before disappearing, fading out of existence once again. Hey, I bet that's Sevenev's friend. Any of those of you who have any ranks and knowledge of the planes. I have it. So the Grim Reaper decided to show up. That's probably some kind of psychopomp. We know that they had that really powerful psychopomp at the yeah. temple. I get a 20. They 20 for your knowledge of the planes. Mm-hmm. You can't get a good look at it from here, but you're positive that's a psychopomp. Oh. Hey, there's another psychopomp down there. Another one of those awful dogs? No, it's like a tall, skinny guy with a mask. They all wear masks. They're probably a Veneth psychopomp. Called like Veneths or something. See, look at it. I point. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's going like phasing in and out. So there. It's no, it's like, there. No, it's there. No, it's there. No, it's there. No, it's there. All you really know pertaining towards them is they are they serve as stoic guardians of purgatory huh. and watchers along the roots of the dead. They primarily look like black skeletons with raven-like wings and a mask resembling a vulture's skull, and are oftentimes known as reapers, angels of death, or the Emzerani. They protect the departed from those wishing to eat or steal their mortal souls, as well as recapture escaping souls trying to flee their assigned fates and are death's foot soldiers against whatever would disrupt the natural cycle of mortality. Well, that all makes sense. Cool. So they're like the... Guard bounty hunters of uh, the Boneyard. That's yeah. kind of cool. This makes me want to play a summoner with a psychopomp because that's one of the templates you can have. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw this out there that you know, like all psychopomps, they're capable of becoming invisible at will. Oh, yeah. Uh, in addition to that, they are also capable of teleporting at will. They can teleport at will and they can be invisible. So this thing seems to just be hopping around the battlefield doing with what it can. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, they've also seemed to have summoned some more of the Asobic, which are tearing into the undead, just kind of like 
And then you just fire and forget like a heat-seeking missile and yeah. just throw it down an alleyway and wait for it to clear things. Side of the wall. <laughs> yeah, yep. in here it's less of an issue. Looking out, you feel confident about the ability of the voices to push back this threat. That being said, I'm sure Onurus with his experience is just watching and going, they are burning through channels and spells mm -hmm. lightning fast. They're not going to be able to do this for long. The guards fan out. Sudi, you watch warily into the surrounding alleyways. You have been trained for this. As a voice of the spire, you know what needs to be done. There's a part of you, I can only imagine, that wants to, to rush in to join your brothers and sisters in their righteous battle against the undead. However, as you watch, you realize your companions there, your brothers and sisters in arms, seem to have matters well in hand. You just kind of look around. You nod to the nearby soldiers. Even with your low sense motive check, you are aware that they seem reinforced by your presence here. As your eyes glance past, you note that the soldiers have fanned out to secure what's the surrounding alleyways. One of them stands stock still. At first you think it's just nerves or frozen in terror as he stares into the darkness. Then you realize into a darkness too deep. Pulling free of the darkness and shadows is an ephemeral thing of blackest midnight with darker pits somehow for eyes as the man just topples and falls as it removes its hand from its chest, floating silently towards all of you, seemingly have just passed literally through the surrounding buildings, past the voices of the spire, as the ghostly apparition continues to close forward on the chanting and intoning that probably drives it to madness as this horrible incorporeal undead closes. And I will need initiative from the party. The only warning for the rest of you as Sudi turns and notes this is the screech from Onhurit overhead. Good bird. Wow. Onhurit apparently has night vision. Freaking Ingraboreal. He's got low light vision. I knew this was bad to happen. I have a magic weapon. I'm ready. I, I, I do channels. too, but... I'm a magic fist. I don't have a magic kukri though, so I will be just hitting things really hard with my magic sword. Let's get some initiatives from the party. Sagira Mabe. 19. Sudi Kantar. Sudi is rocking a 15 for initiative. Citra Nahamra. Citra is also rocking a 15 initiative. Uh, I've got a plus two. I have a plus four. Yeah, so give it to Citra. Give it to Citra. I am dexterous. Onurus. Onurus gets an 11. Isra. 17. Unhurt. Also 17. Um, he probably beats me. She has a five. No, she has. He only has a four. Oh. Woohoo. Cut like reflexes. True. So then, our combat begins. Surprise attack round. Where is this thing? Of course, it's as far away from me as possible. Hey, I picked good. I picked good. Surprise attack round on Hurt has first initiative. He can't hurt the shadow thing. He doesn't have anything magical. He's just gonna come land on on Yurus's shoulder. Alright, so from Unhurt, we go to the shadow. The shadow, it's surprise attack round, so only a standard action, although Ball is within 30 feet, so the shadow charges. No! That's interesting. Okay. Wow. Flying through the air at the priestess, the shadow raises up one of its incorporeal fists. I want to say it says something dramatic, but uh, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can speak. Are, are all of the black ones like zombies? or? No, those, those are, are the other those guards, are guards and the priests. Yeah, the six guards that were with you, and then the oh. three on the back of the priests. Oh, okay. I didn't know because there was only The like only threat's the shadow. But the shadow lights forward, flickering in and out. Ugh. Does he count as a haunt? Uh, I'm afraid not. Good question. He is hauntingly horrible. But no. But no. It rips a hand through her. Uh, you don't see blood. You don't see injury or anything. But she slumps under just the weight of this and starts to grow pale as it drains the life force out of her. No. Bringing us to Sudi. Uh, okay, Wait, so Sudi. I thought I beat your okay, you surprise attack round. It's surprise attack. Oh, yeah, I should be okay, both yeah. of you. I should be okay. going for both yeah. of you. Well, my charge is blocked by... Um, Val, so I guess I'm just going to get up next to her. 
Why charge when you can just move? Well, I mean, I can't charge, so I uh, I get up next to. Uh, well, Val. because he can't move and attack. If he could, if he had a straight line, he yeah, could I charge could, and get yeah, the attack off. That's true, but you don't but, want this to touch you. Yeah, I was gonna say then you'd lose your armor class a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I'll get up next to Val, and uh, uh, so Sudi moves up next to uh, Val, drawing his quarterstaff. Yep. First time ever getting to use my quarterstaff. First time quarterstaff use. <laughs> Thanks, Nethus. Uh, pulls his quarterstaff. Get ready for the next round. All right. Can these things be flanked? Uh, you don't know. I mean, feasibly, Sudi could have rolled a knowledge religion. Uh, I will try a knowledge religion to see if I know what this is. My cat also can't do anything. Uh, I get a 21 knowledge religion. 21? So I probably know something about you this. You do know a bit about shadows. The the sinister shadow skirts the border between the gloom of darkness and the harsh light of truth. The shadow prefers to haunt ruins where civilization has moved on, where it hunts living creatures foolish enough to stumble into its territory. The shadow is an undead horror, and as such has no goals or outwardly visible motivations, other than to sap life and vitality from living beings. Great. You do know that they are um, incorporeal undead, and have two questions you may ask pertaining towards the shadow. Okay, special attacks. Special attacks. Yeah, I'll say that that counts as a two. They only really have two special attacks. First off, they can inflict no physical harm. They are not physical beings. Every strike they deliver, though, slaps... Slaps? Slaps you in the face. <laughs> no. Saps vitality, draining you of your strength. That's great. I need that. You also know... And you would now nervously eye past this towards the fallen guard. A shadow's touch deals strength damage. Any humanoid creature killed by a shadow's strength damage becomes a shadow under the control of its killer within a matter of seconds. Oh, great. So there's going to be a second one. Uh, is he dead or is he just on the ground? Uh, he is not breathing, that you can tell. So he's probably dead. We need to heal him. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that if he's not breathing. Uh, also, I think you'd have to heal his strength damage. Uh, yeah, my potion of lesser restoration has been, damage, been used. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, all right, so special defenses. Special defenses, they are incorporeal. So hey. that one's fun. Yeah. And yeah. The most the most important part of the incorporeal trait, of course, being that they are unaffected by any weapon that is not magical uh, and only take 50% of damage from incorporeal, any corporeal source, including magic. Guess These guards don't happen to have magic swords, do they? <laughs> not that you're aware. Sad. The other thing that you would know pertaining towards them is they do possess channel resistance. It is not exceptionally high, but they are resistant to channel positive energy. Uh, of course they are. Nope. They are resistant to channel positive energy as a rule. Yours is the exception. That's why I'm saying nope. Well, yeah, but there's a second <laughs> cleric here. This is all special. <laughs> you could shout out to Ball that it's just like, your channeled energy will be less effective. But mine won't. He so gloats and we're like, oh, no, oh, not the time. <laughs> not the time on Not the end. time or place. Uh, <laughs> lastly, you know that it is undead, and therefore it possesses all the standard undead traits and immunities. Love it. Fun. All right. In oh. addition to that, uh, sorry, being incorporeal means that it is also not subject to sneak attack or critical hits unless it is from a ghost touch weapon. Yep, which we don't have. Man, I want a ghost like touch kukri. That feels level. right. Ghost touch kukri. Do keep in mind that uh, your sword has a special ability against Heck incorporeal yes. undead. Heck yes, it does. Oh, yeah, because you got the Natron thing. Yeah. yeah. So Sudi closes on this. This brings us into round one of combat. Sagira. Sagira uh, is going to run over here to this. Yep. You turn around and go, oh, God, there's a shadow. She runs toward the shadow. If uh, you have knowledge religion, you may also roll it. Oh, sure. I do have that. I get an 11. An 11? Very well. You think it's dead. Oh, wait. I get a 13 because it's an undead. Oh, okay. In that case, you actually can identify it as a shadow. You don't really know anything about it other than it's an incorporeal undead, which is something that you've probably been terrified of your entire life since you haven't been packing magical weapons. But now I have this sword. Now. But now you have this bolstering feeling of power from this sword in your hand. I would also yell at the guards to stay back. One of Marty fires off a crossbow that goes sailing through it and shoots one of the other priests. Oh. <laughs> no. All right, so then I'm just, uh, I'm not even going to bother with my kukri because it's not magical. All right, I'm you just tear gonna, across the sand, close on him. Just going to two-handed this Natron's fang. And I'm going to roll real good, which is good. That is a 29. A 29 will strike the shadow. Okay, so it gets a will save. It's a 13 will save for half of the charisma drain or whatever. I rolled real bad on my damage dice. It only gets a seven on its will save. Good. It can take two points of charisma drain because I rolled bad. All right. And, <laughs> and then nine points of damage, so four. four. 
So Sagira's blade rips through this. You think you've disturbed it some, although you feel no resistance as you nearly pitch over upon impacting with it. Does my sword get a little bit pinker? No, it didn't absorb any uh, natron or anything out of this. However, the thing seems to be somewhat, for lack of a better term, almost less congealed or coherent. Uh, As if you kind of disperse the shadows. From Sagira, who's managed to gain uh, draw first shadow blood on yeah, it. First, first shadow. First ectoplasmic. Isra. Uh, Isra always has defend on, so she's going to rush over here to me and stand, I guess, behind me because that's the closest path. And then uh, she'll cast guidance. All right. Isra runs forward. Oh, she can't cast guidance. She'll cast guidance next time. Okay. Yeah, it's a full round action. Full round action. So Isra run runs there. forward, threateningly growls at the thing. Yeah. On hurt. It's going to stay where he is on Anirsi's shoulder because he can't do anything. Okay. Keep in mind that once combat breaks out, on her it is a small-sized creature. Oh, that is true. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to have... On yours will... What's a good command for right now? Um, Go fetch a wand. Down? <laughs> you have Go fetch the cat Shepas and bring it back there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> scout? He doesn't have adult. Scout. You know what? I'm just going to tell him... Can he just start circling? Just like, I don't know. I don't have a... Do you have hill? Yes. Yeah, then he'll just follow. He won't do anything else. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) So you issue the hill command. He takes to the air, goes, He does not Flies up in the air. He's not a chicken. He (laughs) could And flies off. (laughs) We all make bird sounds now. Oh my God. Flying up into the air, beginning to circle overhead, eyeing that shadow suspiciously. But from there, we go to the shadow. Uh oh. Yeah, there's that priestess right there, but there's also this woman just <laughs> stabbed him in the back. Uh, he's going to turn around and lash out at Sagira with his incorporeal fist. Aye, aye. That is a perfect 20 to hit oh, okay. threat. Uh-oh. A 14 against your touch AC. Yep. All right. Uh oh. Yeah, we're going to have to rest after this because I'm going to have no strength. Yep. <laughs> Sagira takes four points of strength drain as you feel just this sapping weakness tear through you. Okay, that could have been worse. The creature provokes an attack of opportunity from you as it moves. Good, I hit it. Uh, Not with a nat one. Not with a nat one, I don't. You strike down at it, missing it entirely as it sinks down beneath the earth. Does that provoke from Sudi as well? I guess uh, actually, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take a swing at this guy as he begins descending. Yep. Sudi gets an attack of opportunity as well. Perfect ah. 20. Perfect 20 will automatically hit. Oh, that's right. You, critical. Yeah. So. Incorporeal. I just do damage to him. He takes five points of damage. Yep. Which All right. half would be two. So you do still manage to strike off against him before there's a resounding crack as your quarterstaff hits the stone as well and rebounds. Again, no resistance as it sinks beneath. Yeah. Sudi is using the Tatib style. This is unfortunate. Yeah. I think it didn't, I didn't think people would well, actually damage it. Well, he disappeared. Yep. <sighs> Honestly, actually, by the time that your turn comes around, you heard a whole bunch of stuff, you spin around, and you see nothing because you've been facing the opposite direction up until this last second. <laughs> What on earth is going on? It's a shot. <laughs> it's a shuttle <laughs> man. Uh, uh, it's it's a incorporeal undead uh, shadow creature. Uh, it drains your vitality. Um, it, your weapons will go right through it. Use magic weapons. Use magic weapons. <laughs> okay. Can we actually kill it? Yes. It doesn't bleed, so we can't kill it. <laughs> I, I hit it. I think. All right. Citra so kind of like her um, eyes are like darting around, and she readies an action that if it pops up out of the floor, yes, <laughs> your friend just told you a horrible shadow ghost thing has shown up <laughs> and is trying to kill you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she warily readies an action that if it pops up, she's going to get it. All right. So Citra readies. Sudi Kantar. Crud. Sudi also readies to attack it if it uh, pops up near him. Very well. On yours. I ready to searing light it when it shows back up again. On yours, readies a searing light. The guards start nervously darting their eyes about, hefting their crossbows, pointing them at the surrounding shadows. Even though you've told them that they do nothing, they're not just going to like stand there and go, yeah. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all going to close at the very least a five foot step back in towards the center. I thought we said stay away. 
Well, well they don't know where it is now. Yeah, well, they don't know where it is, and now they're all scared. Ball will... Too bad channeling doesn't go through the earth. She reaches up, places a hand on her holy symbol, channels power. All of you... I have ghost touch powers now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Right. Hooray! We're safe. Have no. death ward. Uh, all of you uh, are filled with courage and gain a plus one morale bonus on attack rolls and saving throws against fear effects. Cool. You feel a burst of energy roll through you. She will also yell to the surrounding soldiers as she drops. Uh, she drops her heavy mace. She pulls a wand from her hip. She just yells out to the surrounding soldiers, "Drop your weapons! Holy water!" They would go, "Oh, okay." And start oh, reaching for their idea. vials of holy water instead as they start nervously glancing about, although they've already gone now, so they're going to have to wait until next turn. Like, holy water, of course! I have a grenade. Somehow not Segura the same thing. pulls her grenade? No. <laughs> <laughs> the holy hand grenade of Antioch? Oh, God. Segura's going to walk over toward the gate because You're if I was an evil shadow, I would mess with these people trying to make this gate hole. Fair enough. That's and then wise. she'll stand there. Oh, I'll use my other move action to kick on power attack. Use move action to gain power attack. Yeah. Yes. All right. No, it's just like it. That's weird. Oh, right. no. No, no. Martial flexibility. From Segura, we go to Isra, who I think takes a five foot step yeah, and headbutts you. Yep, she guidances me. All right. Yep. She trots forward after you, bumps into uh, the back of your leg. You knocks me over because I'm used to being stronger. <laughs> I'm used to being stronger, my cats. Yep. We go from Isra to Onhurt. He will remain circling. All right. So he circles overhead. Ka-ka. Lands on top of the Phrasmus <laughs> needle. Sure. Poops. I feel safe here. He triggers it and it's just like, holy power goes out. Uh, so Onhurt circles overhead, screeches out another reaffirming falcon screech to all of you. You guess it's supposed to be reassuring. There is no convulsion. Oh. The body in the sand simply lays there before its shadow would rip free of it, oh, no. reaching up into the air before immediately turning its hate-filled gaze towards all of you. That has to take a full round action. I'm nope. just saying, become an undead monstrosity should at least be a full round action. <laughs> Not apparently. Sad. I'm going to rule that it's the beginning of its movement. Fun. That being said, a flying creature can't be knocked prone, and they're always considered to be flying. So it streaks up the cat right there, but there's a dude right over there. Eh. We'll let the dice decide. Oh, no. Whoever wins, we'll Yeah, lose. it goes for the guard standing ah. nearest to it. Dang it. Darting forward, adding another potential shadow to the list of new shadows that might soon arrive. We'll see. It lashes out with its spectral claws. With a natural one not striking its target. Oh, that's good. It's Secretly, just, it doesn't want to. It's possible. Also, it's just born. So, or whatever you would say, a shadow. Spawned. Spawned. Baby spawned. Shadow. Yeah. It's just spawned I from think the. It's literally called shadow spawn. It is. So. It is shadow spawning. The other shadow, I will need a perception roll from. Actually, I'll just need a perception roll from the party. Thank you. I got a 28 for Segura. Uh, oh, Sudi gets a 20. Uh, Sidra gets a 23. Um, Isra gets a 22. 22. Isra's 17. Isra gets a 17. Uh, so Isra is surprised by this. She fluffs real big. The shadow bursts out directly next to on yours. Okay, uh, your ready to action goes off, although it will provoke an attack of opportunity if you spell cast within reach of this thing. Can I cast defensively? You can attempt to cast on the defensive. Yeah. Okay, uh, what side does do it pop that? up on? Uh, it pops up. Probably in the middle. Oh, oh all right, where my ready to action will go off. Yeah. I, I mean, get a 28 whatever. to cast a third level spell. That's enough, right? Uh, yes, yes, that beats the DC of 21. Alright. Is this thing particularly vulnerable to bright light? I need to know for my you know, damage. You would think literally being called a shadow, but no. Sad. I get a 23 to hit its ranged touch AC. Also known as its touch AC. Will strike your target. Huzzah. Oh, that's two sixes. It's 25 points of damage. Wow. So 12 points of damage. <laughs> Is that on 46? 5d6. Oh, it's well, undead. I was about to say. It's yes, 5d6. Dead. It would have been 5d8 <laughs> if it was vulnerable to bright light, which is what I was thinking. Yeah. Sorry, one, I forgot you leveled up, but I was just like sitting there, it's like 25 is impossible in 46. <laughs> <laughs> it's very unlikely on 5d6, but you do burn a large chunk through this thing. Yay. It lashes out with its claws back at you. Rot row. We're going to 17 to hit your touch, I say. Yes. Draining you for four points of your strength as it plunges its fist into you. You would feel your vitality drain as your armor starts to weigh heavy on you once again. Is that experience I think you're getting used to? It's 
Priests continue praying from the shadow. Shadows now. We go to Citra. Your ready to action did not go off. Uh, I'm going to move 15 feet forward. All right. So Citra darts forward, ducks between Onurus and Ball. Yep. And then I will swing at it. Makukri. Spin your... You only have one magical. I only have one magical one, so I'm not doing two weapon fighting. I'm just going to swing with the one. Plus, get a better bonus anyway. Uh, Didn't help, though, because I only got 10. A 10 will not strike your target. I didn't think it would. It turns Uh, its face back towards you, and for a moment, you just have flashbacks of a cold, quiet room. The shadows as your brother dissipated, its lifeless eyes staring down at you. Citra goes a bit cold, to be honest. (laughs) Sudi Kantar. I'm between a rock and a hard place. I can either take a five-foot step on the one that we've already hit and try to take it down with a full lot. Well, just do that. Just do that. Yeah, well, I don't want to leave that guard. I'm going to turn around. All right. Well, assuming that Sierra will do that. Uh, all right, so, yeah, so Sudi swings with his quarterstaff. So five-foot step over, interpose yourself between the uh, the priestess ball and this thing. Not priestess of ball, just the priestess name ball. Uh, so that's going to be a 28 on the first hit. A 28 will strike with your quarterstaff. Uh, for 10 points of damage. As you see, Citra just kind of hesitate. You spin, lashing out with the quarterstaff to its full length, cleaving through its head uh, before it dissipates into dust and... Shadow. Citra kind of shakes and comes to and looks at you with a smile. There's still another one. <laughs> yeah, Sudi will basically just turn towards the uh, second one and just like like bring his staff forward in a ready position. We cut from our cat folk to Onuris. Onuris cast Searing Light at the other one. All right. I had one as a domain spell, and then I just went ahead and memorized one because undead. <laughs> you call upon the powers of horse. 15 to hit its range to touch AC. Sorry, 15, you are firing into melee. Am I? Yeah, the guard. Yeah, the guard. Oh, then an 11. An 11 will not strike your target. Great. So your ray streaks past. You're aiming basically too wide to try to avoid hitting the guard before it sears across the far wall. You have move action remaining. I'm going to stay where I am. All right. Onuris holds his ground, presents his face. Sagira. All right. Sagira is going to turn around and... There's a new, fresh, uninjured one. Head toward this shadow. <laughs> and then she's going to two-handed power attack this thing. <laughs> she's going to roll so bad. No way does this hit. Uh, <laughs> favorite enemy is plus two, so that negates that. 14? Almost. Ah. Uh, you just barely miss as you're just trying to cleave it as hard as you can and overcompensate as it slides out of the way. Uh, Bring us to. Uh, was that with your guidance? Oh, I have guidance! <laughs> 15! A 15 will strike a target. Oh, yay! <laughs> I forgot I had that. Alright, so that's 15. That's 17 damage. 17 points of damage. So half. Halved. So. 8 points of damage. A vicious strike as you cleave into this thing. I think you're, you can only do that once per day, Drain. Yeah, it's once per day. So you cleave into this thing. Isra. Isra, uh, I'm just going to tell Isra to uh, defend so she'll cast guidance on me again. All right. She headbutts you again. Fills you with more of a sense of best oh, guidance. They're undead. Oh, because it negates that. Just kidding. Okay. Did you include your extra damage from being undead? Uh, I can't because my strength drain is also two. Oh, okay. So it just cancels <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. From Isra, we go to Unhurt. He's just going to... Keep doing what he's doing. Circling, circling, circling. Mm-hmm. Just keep flying. Just keep flying. From Unhurt, we go to the Shadow. Oh, no. Who goes, what the crap, having not witnessed the previous cleaving with this sword and lashes back out at the ranger. I don't know. If you rolled another 20. Eight. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. Like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Perfect four. <laughs> Natural four. Natural. Uh, yeah. From the shadow. Uh, yeah, it's gonna slide over a little bit away from that. Uh, that to stay. It's gonna slide over to stay threatening against Sagira, but away from that other guy who's trying to or is threatening him with a vial of holy water. Like, stay back. Stay back. <laughs> Citra. 
Uh, Citra's gonna. Sudi just saved there. you from that first one. Yes, he did. <laughs> Thank you for that. And then she runs forward. All right. Um, Darts past Sudi. Yes. Gonna try it once again with filling. Gonna try and overcome her fears of shadowy creatures. Shadowy and corporeal undead. Yes. It's a very specific phobia. Yeah. Well, it's you know, well. It's took well. Took my brother's soul. So. <laughs> it's well done. Like they're scary. Uh, uh, maybe. Nineteen. A 19 will strike your target as okay. you slide in, bringing your kukri to bear. I can't do much to it, but... So that would be six, so halved would be three points of damage. Three points of I damage. <laughs> you do, in fact, nick it. So, it's not a bad hit as you cleave into the side of it, striking for its liver. Oh, no that liver. It's not, it's not it. Well, it's, it's ghosty liver. Shadow liver. <laughs> From Citra, we go to Sudi. Uh, okay, so Sudi is going to scoot over between Citra and the guard uh, to get into melee range with the uh, shadow. All right, so with he they, darts forward. Polite, excuse me. Uh, no, 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 go ahead. Do you need this holy water? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, go, I'll, I'll guard their flank. Uh-huh. Yes, there you go. Hold on. Uh, all right, and then I will swing with my quarterstaff. With a natural one. Oh. A natural one, you kill the guard. No. Uh, <laughs> no! Wow. Oh, God, almost, no. That's when the guard went real dark. No. Sadly, you just kind of scamper forward. You're feeling a little overconfident after your kill like, just really a second cool. ago. Yeah, You're like, really, yeah, I'm that awesome. really cool. Nobody's seen me use this stick before. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me and my cool staff fighting. Oh. You do that thing where you, like, flip it up in the air and then it hits you in the face. No. <laughs> From there, we go to Onuris, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, whatever. You're going to be firing into a lot of stuff. Well, if you I don't shoot have over another there. spell. I was going to throw holy water at it, but it's too... You know, uh, I mean, you can move and throw holy water at uh, it. You're also, I think, could get in the melee if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, it would be 30 feet, but you could dart next to Sudi if you wanted to close for melee. Well, no, your sword's sick- not magical, is yeah, it? my sword's magical. Oh, that's right. You have uh, yeah, Marin's sword. Sword. On yours, you get up Schwart. next to Sigurd. Schwart. The Marin sword. Sword. Hey, you can get up next to oh, yeah, I guess I could one. get up next to Segura there. It's just the battle. I, I have a bad advantage of what's going on here. Are you going to come next to Segura? Yeah, I guess I'm going to go next to Segura. Either way, it's 30 feet. I'm just going to dogpile this thing. So you dart in, <laughs> slip past Segura, who uh, seems to be wavering with that strength 17. drain. Mm-hmm. 17. Is that with your strength drain, too? Yes. Yep. 17 will strike your target. So you bring your Kopesh to bear. Eight points of damage. A vicious strike, although not enough to fell the horrible creature. It turns its hate-filled gaze upon all of you. Sagira. I shall attempt to hit it again. I don't roll great. 18. 18. I don't roll great. 18. Well, I rolled a 9. <laughs> and then I have like, a bunch of weird things happening all at once. Nine's better than 40% of the other numbers you could have it's rolled. True. That does strike your target. I keep forgetting I'm a full base attack character. Uh, 12 points of damage. Your blade cleaves the creature in two as you nearly topple over from both the new weight of your sword and the momentum. I think I do, and I'm just like, uh... You just topple onto the ground. (laughs) It dissipates into shadows. You have a couple of seconds to breathe. Did anybody else die? I look around. We do a quick head count. Every single time I see one of these, I hate them even more. You've seen one of these before? Something Are you still alive? Well, something similar just ran off. What'd it, you see? It's what was it here? Oh, y'all don't know. Um, I don't it, know if this is. It's exactly not a good time, time, but needless to say, it took my brother. A shadow killed your brother? I thought I'm. I'll explain later. I'll explain. It's a later. shadow mummy. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, those exist. Sigura like Blanches. <laughs> the two and, things I hate most: shadows and mummies. As you take this in, however, Ball glances back towards the other priests, quickly waves everyone. We have to go, we have to go. Okay. Before grabbing onto the horn and blowing it sharply. Twice, right? Twice. I run with the kitty. Uh, You would hear these shouts from the rest of the voices of the spire deeper in uh, the city as they begin funneling back as quickly as they can. The priests seem to stop laying down 
effectively waves of channeled energy before falling back as well as the undead are pressed back before beginning to rush forward in a pile of undead chasing after them as they burst through the gate sliding into the opposite side all of you could funnel back before the 30 some odd other members of the voices as well as the church of phrasma rush through the gate before the power of phrasma pulses through the walls as they reconstitute themselves the gate twists and pushes back into its original formation locking itself back into place as the gate between the living and the dead reaffirms itself the priests continue to fire and the undead push against the gate although at the moment they seem contained on the opposite side Sagira puts her arm around Citra and goes, I'm so tired. Why does this always happen to me? You look tired. I think we should get you a drink. Yes. <laughs> Anyone else up for drinks? Not Celebratory we, drink. Not before we can affirm that everything is all right here. Well, of course, but a little bit of levity after that. Commander Shepis turns to his men, standing tall and regal in his uh, full battle armor with weapon in hand. You'd hear him beginning to shout towards the rest of the men, ordering them up to positions, even the tired and beleaguered ones, ordering the priests to tend to the worst of them. All of you can make me a perception roll. Dang it. God. I only get a 15. Uh, Suda gets a 30. I only get an 11 for Citra. On yours, gets a 20. 17. Sudi, and on yours shortly thereafter, would be the first to notice this. The two of you note that Shepis falls quiet, almost in mid-order. After a moment, you notice that some of the other voices had fallen quiet as well. And then you notice... The undead have as well. They stop their push, seem to stand stock still for a couple of moments before they quietly turn and begin just shambling off deeper into the city of the dead. What on earth is going on? controlling them? It would take no more than another minute or so before the dead have shambled their way out of sight, climbing back into the buildings of the necropolis. A few of the voices fire off bolts after them, taking a few of them down, although the vast horde seems to hardly notice the small attrition that they lose. Maybe the second pulse didn't raise more undead. Maybe it just drove them into a frenzy. We need to talk to the commander. Shepis finishes issuing his orders, eyeing the gate warily. Sudi, I know you're approaching as the entire group. I mean, on yours would be. Yeah, yeah, we'll follow after him. Shepis turns and glances down towards all of you. Balls informed me of your assistance. Thank you. Indeed. Has that happened before, Commander? Where the dead just gave up? A majority of the dead in the city are skeletal in nature. We have noticed amongst their numbers some more potent creatures. Skeletal champions is a common term attributed to them, capable of controlling their lesser mindless brethren. However, this, different, as if somehow they were called away. Did it happen after the second pulse? The second pulse revitalized them, restored the damage that we had done, reconstituted some of them. But not all of them, like the first pulse? No. It repaired many of them. Some new rose, but some of them... Those that seem to have been destroyed through the channeled energy and not traditional weapons. Those that we had managed to bless or sanctify after their death with holy water. That did not have the strength to restore them. So it was weaker than the first one. Yes, but no less a threat. Well, we are still here to help. I mean, I think I can speak for us when I say we'd be willing to go in and try to find the source of this. Your courage is commendable. And if I find that's necessary, perhaps. You may all make a sense motive if you wish. Yeah. Dang it. I keep Uh, on the same number. I get a 15. Another nat one for a 7. Citra gets a 20. Onyris gets a 17. With your 20, you can tell that he's troubled by something. 
something maybe even more than just the undead presence here. Almost as if he's struggling with something. Thank you for your offer. I must speak with Septi. If you wish to continue, I believe you are aiding the temple in securing this living city. I am certain that there are some of the dead that have been dealt with from the day prior that are now active once again. I think all of this is still just the reactionary. I have a plan. As he states that in turns, beginning to march off, Citra, you're nearly positive that that is what he was struggling with. Not having a plan, but accepting the plan. He's gonna go on a friggin' suicide mission, isn't he? You have no idea? He marches his way towards the temple. I don't think he expects to come back. If he goes by himself, he probably won't come back. That's just stupid. You don't know what his plan is, and I doubt he'll be... He's not known for being that rash. Well, he seemed to be struggling with his decision, and usually those kind of decisions mean life or death. He may be concerned about the members of the Spire. Sudi, go ahead and make me an intelligence roll. Oh, that's not something I'm good at. Do you think that that was their duty? <laughs> I got a seven. Okay. Oh, you have no more information. To, yeah, to that's to what that. I figured. I roll no good. <sighs> I don't know him that well, and I don't know his reputation as well as you, since you've worked with him and lived here, but something tells me that he's about to do something really stupid. He may not see it that way, but he has always been the kind of leader who puts himself out. He's not the kind to hide behind the walls and let other men fight and die for him. So it's possible he could put himself out there, but we should wait until we hear what his plan is. We may be able to help him. The problem is, is I don't think he wants our help. It doesn't seem that way. So we'll have to convince him otherwise. And he said he was going to speak with Septi. As much as they butt heads, she usually has a way of making him see reason when it's the more extreme. Mm. So I think we should at least hear him out. Could be a better plan than what we have. I don't think he plans to share the plan with us. Sebsi will. Hopefully. Why would he? He'd have to come out to the city and find us and tell us that or come back out here. Sebsi will send for us. She knows that we've offered to help. We can't enter the city of the dead without their permission anyway, and it's far too dangerous to try to get in anyway. I'm not saying to go in. I'm just saying he's not going to share the plan with us. Sebsi might tell us the plan if it's pertinent to us. But Septi would never tell us his plan is to go in there by himself and blah, blah, blah. And then it's not our place. If they ask for our help, they ask for our help. If they don't, there's nothing we can do. I mean, I don't want to sit by and... I'm not suggesting we do that. I'm just saying that we continue to do what we have been doing, secure the city of the living. I think we still need to do some convincing to Septi and Shepis. He obviously has something to prove. And this may be spreading. What if something like this is happening in the sister cities? Who knows? There's no way for us to know. With the city on lockdown, I don't think there's going to be any travel or letters getting in. I do know that most likely the other places that could have problems is the Hall of Blessed Rebirth. We might want to swing by there and check it to make sure there's no more undead there. He said the ones that hadn't been anointed, the ones that weren't killed by channeled energy, were the ones that came back. We don't know how many there were there. Right, but the only people who put them down were clerics who channeled on them. The ones at the hall should be properly anointed. It'd be anything that was left in the streets. I'm gonna go home. Oh, you mean the temple of Estet? I think we should all reconvene in the morning. I don't have the magic to restore everyone's vitality. We'll have to go to the temple and pay for some of their services in the morning regardless. And then we can talk to Septi and see what our next step are. Mm. Alright, it seems to be calm here anyway, so hopefully they'll be able to hold it. Well, they all retreated. Yes, the real question is for how long and for what purpose. It's too convenient that they would all decide to give up as soon as the walls were repaired. This feels like a test. Like somebody is testing out the powers and seeing how they work. Right, because one of the powers could be to command the undead to fall back or move forward, rush the gate, mm. etc. It's nefarious either way. Yeah. Well, do we want to at least make one once-over of the area near the wall? 
just in case, and then go home from there? Uh, it sounded like they had the wall cleared, or the area near the wall handled, or at least they would soon. Well, I was saying, like, Shep has said to, like, just do a once-over to make sure no, no stragglers were about. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, but how late is it? Because I don't want to be fatigued in the morning, especially if we think they might let us into the dead city. It's an hour after sundown, so it's currently... It's about 9 o'clock at night by this by the point that you finish this fight. So and you usually wake up for sunrise, sunrise around 7, 6, 7 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can all be done in about the next two hours or so, you should be able to get a full night's rest and not be fatigued. Uh, we can just do a quick... Yeah, we can do a quick... Once pa- over and then... Yeah, do a quick patrol in the next two hours and then head back for sleep. So... A quick sweep in the surrounding area reveals that everything here seems to be mostly quiet. You do see a few disturbing sights here and there. Every once in a while you'll see something slither or move that doesn't seem like it should. As if at the corner of your eye you'll see something that at first looks to be a rat but then seems to be skeletal instead. Uh, those you can stomp out with minimal effort and to be perfectly honest they're so low of a challenge that they're not garnering you any experience. <laughs> So you stomp a few skeletal rats as you make your way along. Ew. Kind of keep an eye out. That would maybe be a threat to the average first level commoner. So good to take care of it. And honestly, after a couple of hours, yeah, you don't see anything further that seems to be immediately apparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figure you give it about two hours or so until it starts getting late and you're beginning to feel that the magical restoration that you received earlier is starting to wear itself down and you're naturally tiring particularly those of you who've taken the strength damage where your armor and weapons seem so heavy as you just drag yourselves along even on her it kind of flies down and tries to land on on yours before nearly bearing him to the ground under his massive birth weight 10 i mean it's It's a heavy it is a heavy bird (laughs) it's a child-sized bird it's it's basically one of those golden eagles that flies away with children in (laughs) russia anyway (laughs) (laughs) all right well I guess we'll meet up at the temple in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, temple of Phrasma. The Grand Mausoleum. Yes. I guess there's no time for that drink. Eh, tomorrow. Sakura's so actually going to head to her childhood home. Oh, you're going to separate? Because I'm going to the Temple of Bast. Bastet. Yep. I'll be there later. Later. Okay. Well, Sudi goes to the Temple of Bastet. All right. You all scatter. Make your way through the city streets. Eyeing things suspiciously. Sudi and Sagira keeping an eye out as they make their way back towards the Temple of Best, although once or best that although once Sudi reaches that, I imagine Sagira just kind of explains, Hey look, I'll be back mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. They're still doing the uh, dropping a rope ladder out of the second floor window. That's yeah. smart. Although they are back open for business, because all the places are open for business again. You just yeah. gotta go in through the yeah. ladder. Well it's nighttime. So at, it's nighttime. at nighttime. During the day they seem to have the probably the front door actually open again. Uh, okay. Citra and Onuris make their way back to the Tooth and Hookah. A number of the adventurers are enjoying themselves again downstairs as they seem to go. It's like, yep, we're pushing back those undead. Tons of opportunities and this camaraderie and everything else. It's really interesting considering there's the variety of different language barriers, although most of the people here speak Taldane, so they're all speaking common. Is Marin still here? Marin is still here. Sigrund and her group are still here. The Daughters of the Desert and Falto and Miri, they're upstairs. They seem to have been fighting through most of the day. I suppose, Citra, you and Onuris retire upstairs. Yep. Kind of catch up with Falto, explain what's been going on. I'm going to start researching that genealogy book for a little while. Okay. You start poring over the genealogy book. Mm-hmm. Sagira, you make your way through the benighted streets, navigating your way further and closer towards your own home, wondering exactly what all threats, probably not as many spiritually as emotionally you're going to have to deal with once you arrive there. Mm-hmm. So do you watch her go. Climb up the ladder inside. Say hello to a couple of the ladies there. Eventually you find Idris on the upper floor, up on the roof, which is her usual haunt where she likes to go after a long day's work and look out over the city, although the city doesn't seem to be as peaceful. And she smiles as you make your way up the ladder, up onto the roof, running forward and embracing you in a tight hug. I'd heard the, the, the horns. Is everything all right? It is now. <sighs> okay. Uh, is Sagira with you? No, she she said she had something to take care of. Oh. Um, Why? It, is Capri with you? No. Why? Uh, once 
once things had calmed down, uh, Kepri and, and and one of the other girls, they they went to a, a party being hosted by the Akinti family. She was supposed to be back before sunset, but I, I've been watching. I haven't seen her. All right, stay here in case they come back. I'm going to go find Sigira and we're going to go find them. Okay, I'll wait here, and if they come back, uh, just just stop back by here and just check. I'll make sure to, to let you know. All right. So he she, turns back. Yeah. She gives you a kiss before you go. Oh, yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, elsewhere, on yours, I imagine you, you strip down your armor. Yeah. You feel physically weak. You also feel spiritually thick. Thin. That first gust, that first pulse, you don't feel like you completely recovered from it. You started getting better. You're tired, just exhausted from the fight. The second one, it wasn't as bad, but it's still just draining. And there's just something about it that makes you feel that makes you feel an odd connection. That somehow this caw is unnaturally animating these creatures, and you wonder about the call that is, for lack of a better term, animating you. It's tenuous connection to yourself, which seems to be constantly tried as these pulses roll through. But then you give a few scratches under on Hertz, Jen. It could cause, or whatever noise it is that falcons make when they're not screeching. <laughs> he purrs. Uh, <laughs> More like a triple. Yeah. Triple? <laughs> Citric, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Uh, 15. 15. I imagine, Citra, you you make yourself comfortable. She's putting something on her window so that it gets knocked over if somebody tries to get in. Okay. Comfortable. You That's booby comfortable. trap your window. Let's put a couple bottles up there. You bed down to rest. You feel, again, this night has just brought up so many dark memories for you. You bed down to sleep. And you're softly snoring on the other side of the wall behind you. I do not snore. Thank you very much. <laughs> on her, it's softly snoring on the other side of the wall behind you. I can't you. speak for the bird. <laughs> on yours, thinks he doesn't snore. Sleep starts to claim you. And you don't know how much time has passed. You don't know exactly what it is that wakes you. But at some point you do wake. You look down towards the window. And it's closed. But at the foot of your bed is a shadowy shape. Ooh. With near luminescent eyes. And this smell of, of stale decay held back by natron and preservatives fills your nostril. And a figure looks down at you, seeing you looking back. Citra. Murderer. Velriana steps forward onto your bed. And we will pick it up here next time. Why do we split the party? (laughs) Oh my goodness.